1: Jones Dilemma. We have a Richmond Webb pushed to the Hall of Fame. Welcome into the FinSetter Radio. I am Jake Mendel. Joining me is Josh Houts. And we had all these different topics we are going to dive in today. Deshaun Watson, Miami Dolphins saying they were going to be in the soup stakes for him. But all that is kind of tossed to the side. Because Josh, we were going to record this last night. Last night being. Monday night, but here we are on Tuesday. We pushed it back a day because clearly we looked into our crystal ball and we could see that Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald was going to port that. Not only are the Miami Dolphins interested in Aaron Jones, free agent running back for the Green Bay Packers, but Aaron Jones is also interested in coming to Miami. So with all that said, I've been listening to a bunch of comments, reactions from, from Twitter, from Finsider.com. And Josh, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but here we are. Free agency is slated to begin March seventeenth. How are you would you feel about the Miami Dolphins making a move for someone like Aaron Jones?
0: Well, Jake, I mean, uh, what what a way to to kick off this podcast. I mean, like you said, we were going to record last night. We weren't really sure earlier in the week, you know, what we were going to talk about. And now here we are with a bunch of different topics. But how would I feel? I mean, I think I feel the same way I did, you know, when I wrote an article a couple weeks ago, and it was that you know the Dolphins should not break the bank for Aaron Jones. And I think that's where I remain dead set that Aaron Jones. I mean, this guy is a godly talent. I mean, you can talk about the touchdowns. I mean, the guy puts up. He's a touchdown machine. Let's be honest, and he can do a little bit of everything. But you're hearing twelve million dollars you know I thought saw reports that said 15 million dollars I mean this isn't our money you know I can't sit here and pinch pennies because uh can the Dolphins draft a running back I mean can Chris Greer trade for a running back I mean they failed miserably last year so maybe this is the best approach but for me I think there's better ways to use that money but what would I do if Aaron Jones was given a huge contract by the Dolphins I think we would both be over the moon excited and I'd be trying to trade for him in every fantasy league because let's be honest I mean again this is probably a top five running back in the NFL and and he's gonna get paid with He's worth. I just again don't know if it's in the Dolphins' best interest to be that team to break the bank.
1: Um, Josh, I got a couple of questions for you here. Um, Corey Littleton, linebacker for the Oakland Raiders, did are the Raiders in salary cap hell because of Corey Littleton at linebacker?
0: No. Um, I hope not.
1: <laughs> how, how about how about the Cleveland Browns? Sheldon Richardson, uh, interior defensive lineman. Uh, are the Browns in salary cap hell because of him? No.
0: Um, where are you going with this?
1: How about how about um let let's try this one. Uh, Devin McCourty's safety for the Patriots. Are, are the Patriots in salary cap hell because of him?
0: No, but they are in salary cap hell. Does that does that, that change anything? That that does, but it doesn't. So okay. the point
1: is, these are players that are slated to make around the same amount that Aaron Jones would get paid under the quote unquote. Let me pull it up here. The projected contract that Pro Football Focus. Um, I actually let me. I, didn't have it on that page, so I'm, I'm going to kind of keep rolling here.
0: Uh, I think it's 14.6 that they had and projected to make. At least that's uh, what it was the last time. he signing a
1: four-year I'm deal, 25 million guaranteed, and roughly 12 million dollars a year. The guys I just gave you all make from 11.5 million dollars a year to 12.5 million dollars a year, and a lot of the reaction I've seen, and, and it rightfully so. You know, we are so used to the Miami Dolphins being in a situation where the cap has been a total total disaster and you know what's also been true in that whole time the Miami Dolphins haven't had a great running back so these two things I I think we need to put into context that 12 million dollar per year contract the 25 million guaranteed probably makes it where the Dolphins get more room this would be less than Joe Mixon this would be less than Derrick Henry if the Dolphins signed this deal so when I put into, the, into my brain the idea of the Dolphins signing a running back, I instantly go, I remember guys like Zach Stacy. I, you know, Miles Gaskin, seventh round pick. Aaron Jones is on a different level. This man is 26 years old. He just balled out for two straight seasons. 16 rushing touchdowns in 2019 was the most in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins this year averaged 2.6 touchdowns a, a, a game. That was 20th in the league, Joshua. So when I look at someone like Aaron Jones and what he can do to this offense, not only does it help to have a stud when you have a rookie and or young quarterback uh, under center, but Josh, the Dolphins' biggest weakness is inside the 20. They struggled so much to score inside the 20-yard line last season. And Aaron Jones, based on his track record, would do a wonderful job at fixing up that you know area of concern for the team.
0: Yeah, they get, what, 43 total touchdowns throughout four seasons, I believe it was, over, what, 3,000 X amount of yards. I mean, this guy, again, he can do it all, but to me, I think it comes to just, you know, how close we are now to the draft. You know, the Dolphins have four top 50 draft picks. We know that they can go out there and they get Najee Harris, they can get Travis Etienne. I'm going to write an article about Javante Williams. There mm-hmm. are some prospects in this draft class, but again, are any of those mm-hmm. on... Aaron Jones level, I I don't know, and again, I don't know that the Dolphins, you know, we saw last year, they completely avoided the running back position, they thought they'd get get there with Jordan Howard, they can make trades for DeAndre Washington, Matt Breida, it didn't work out, I mean, I did the math, Aaron Jones had 43 touchdowns over his career, and those guys I just mentioned had 48 combined, so I mean, that just goes to put you on what type of level, you know, Aaron Jones is at, so um, again, it's not my money, again, the Dolphins, they desperately need a running back, no one can argue that, but just knowing that we're this close to the draft, knowing the Dolphins have put themselves in a very nice position to address the running back room Um, you know that's why I'd probably use that money to address a you know maybe a pass rusher or maybe a wide receiver but Jake you throw an interesting name there Miles Gaskin and when we first talked about this on the podcast I mentioned how Eric Studsville played a huge role in developing Miles Gaskin, and you know, he did average 4.1 yards per carry. You know, he did look like a pretty damn good running back when he was out there. So, um, you know, a little bit of that plays into this, but I don't know, Jake, that you know, what you saw from Miles Gaskin, what you saw from Salvin Ahmed. What you saw from any of these running backs can, you know, take you out of the running for a talent like Aaron Jones. So it's going to come down to, you know, literally, if, if you're sitting here and telling me we can get him for $11.5 million, I mean, that's a lot different to me than what some people are reporting. I mean, when I check track, it's at 14.6 a few weeks ago. So if that's changing, I mean, that, that's a pretty significant change here for me. But again, not my money. And Aaron Jones would be a hell of a talent for the Dolphins to bring into South Beach.
1: One more. So I still don't necessarily know where I stand on this, but I do find myself, talking uh, talking myself through the situation of signing a running back like an Aaron Jones and, and what it kind of just does for the situation of the team. And uh, another number that I think is worth pointing out is uh, you mentioned last year, you know, they brought in Matt Breida, they brought in Jordan Howard, uh, two guys uh, that they signed Jordan Howard in free agency, and they paid Matt Breida's 3.5 mil along with trading away a draft pick, a fifth-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. Josh, both of those things combined is about $9.5 million. And then you put on a draft pick, and and I don't know what a draft pick is technically worth, worth, especially if we're going with a fifth rounder. Fifth rounders, you know, you don't see them pan out all the time. But, I mean, $9 million, it, it, would you pay that 4 or $5 million to upgrade to someone like Aaron Jones to get rid of all uncertainty? Because even if you – the thing about drafting a running back high, the thing about drafting a running back at all is people think they just kind of drop off the trees and they're great. I mean – the last time the Dolphins had an absolutely elite running back in his prime was Ricky Williams. Yes, Ronnie Brown was good. He suffered uh, so some bad luck in terms of injuries, but but people like to get this idea in their head that that running backs are so easy to come across. And yes, maybe for a couple of games we saw Savanok man have a couple of great games at the end of the season. Miles Gaskin looked awesome, that's for sure. But it's also to keep, important to keep in mind there's a big stretch there where Miles Gaskin was doing the. There was a four there. There there was no ceiling that that could really carry that team into uh, the end zone. There was no ceiling that could carry the offense game by game. So what I see in someone like Aaron Jones is what the Dolphins have lacked, and that's that playmaker. That is that touchdown ability that just hasn't been around. I don't think it's fair to sit here and say that, that running backs are a dime a dozen because if that was the case, the Dolphins would have had a better running game over the last 10 years. Lamar Miller was all right. Out of the or you know, another guy who struggled with injuries and he was out of the league shortly after his time in Miami was up. Um, what's oh, why can't I think of his name? 2016, he carried the team
0: pickle juice. JJ, 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 he
1: was he went to the Eagles shortly after that year in Miami and he was never the same, right? So, so there are situations here where the Dolphins have truly struggled this. Yes, Miles Gaskin is a great story for a seventh round pick, he has been a legitimate steal, however, what Aaron Jones does in both the passing game and the running game to help a run- young quarterback like Tua. It just kind of seems like a ideal situation for him to go to. Again, you can look at the Le'Veon Bell deal and the issue there, but this is going to be money. That's going to put him on par with Joe Mixon and Derek Henry. I don't think the Bengals or the titans are sitting here regretting those decisions especially the Bengals. they were able to do that because you have a rookie quarterback not even a rookie they're, they're sophomore quarterbacks at this point excuse me but but those rookie deals that's where you can kind of mix and match where i i don't think that the price tag of it, 12 13 14 mil is is insane as what some you know people are trying to make it out to be
0: yeah, and I love how you bring out Ricky Williams because that really is, you know, the truly last elite running back that the Dolphins had. And I think even in that article where I wrote it, I was like, if they bring Aaron Jones in, let's be honest, this is probably the best running back that this team has had since Ricky Williams himself. But, again, it just – it changes. It changes every day, and it does the same thing with the draft. I mean, you're right. I don't know which, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm saying I I would not spend that money, but you're sitting here making a pretty damn good argument as to why they should. So, um, it's like with everything this offseason. You know, there's different tiers to the level of excitement that you would have if if they sign Player X or Draft Player X, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's very few options here that would truly have you upset, and I think that just is a testament to the way the Dolphins truly set up this rebuild and have this Mm -hmm. team in position. So, Um, I guess that's probably that with Aaron Jones. Unless you have something else to say, let's jump into an ad and we'll hop into big news from yesterday, Albert Breer and Devontae Smith.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: And Jake, yesterday, the big news, all the talk around Twitter was all about Albert Breer and what he said in his Monday morning quarterback. If it was not that, I'm sorry. It was a mailbag of some sort. But he said that he spoke with a team, a source. The most interesting antidote I could possibly give you on him from the week in Mobile comes from the Heisman Trophy-winning receiver Devontae Smith. And this is regarding Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa. One team asked Smith point blank, would you take Tua to Tonga Valoa or Jones? The question was barely finished before Smith answered Mac Jones. He was bold and definitive about it as I heard it. So, uh, you know, this thing has caught uh, a tailspin. I mean, this thing is just all over the news, and you know, is some people are taking this as a knock against Tua Tagovailoa. Some are seeing this as Devontae Smith just boosting up Mac Jones, who, I mean, this is a guy who does not have an NFL team. This is a guy that has to prove to those teams that he is that elite quarterback, that he is the potential franchise game-changing quarterbacks that some of these teams are looking for. So uh, I don't know how to take this, but Jake, uh, shed some light on your thoughts on this, because uh, this Tua Tagovailoa mac Jones thing is definitely, definitely raising some eyebrows around the NFL.
1: You know, I, I, when I look at things like this, I, I love to read Twitter responses. A, a lot of the time, I'll be the first to tell you that, that you never go through the responses to like a big tweet on Twitter, especially from someone like an Albert Breer who has uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, but I really like to look at the, the replies to this one because there were some interesting points brought up there. Um, Josh, who was Smith's quarterback when he won the Heisman?
0: Mac Jones.
1: So that right there tells me so much about what Smith is thinking at the time you know he's just coming off his career year he is the first receiver in, in God I don't even know how long to win the Heisman trophy and, and then I also think it's interesting the fact that he that that Breer added he was bold and definitive about it um I mean that that right there it just it just seems like a really dramatic way to um, highlight this question. I wouldn't put too much stock into it. I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said Mac Jones doesn't have a team right now, uh, but it does kind of, you know, really weird and tough and challenging picture for Tua, because all this guy has done is say all the right things, do all the right things, looking swole as hell over here, training, posting pictures about that. I think you wrote a story about that, or, or somebody on the insider did. Uh, but, but it seems like he's just keeps getting stuck at the worst place at the wrong time. You know what I mean? The injury in college, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick having to battle him and then you become the starter and he comes in and plays games. And then you get the Justin Herbert has a better year on, on a worse team. And then you get this coming from Smith. I mean, we've spent weeks talking about how Smith said he would love to run it back with Tua, and how they're such great friends and, Who knows? This could even be a smokescreen of some sort coming from a team. I don't know. But it's annoying. It's a little frustrating when your guy is the one put down a little bit. Uh, But I'm trying not to put too much stock into it, and I hope Tua isn't either.
0: Yeah, and that's a million dollar thing. I, I really don't think Tua is putting too much stock into this. And it was not me that wrote that article, it was CERN, so shout out to him. But let's be honest, Tua looked thick as heck in those, and that's exactly what you wanted to see. And that's kind of what a lot of people alluded to. You know, sure he struggled a little bit in 2020, but that was a rookie season. You know, he didn't get to go through those traditional off seasons. He was rehabbing while a lot of these guys were balking up and getting bigger. So it's awesome to see Tua out there, but let's be honest, I mean, that's what you want to see from a quarterback. So it's not like that's some groundbreaking news, and I don't know that this truly is some groundbreaking news, but I think the the thing that stood out to me most, and I, I admittedly said like once I read that, I was sad and just wanted to like I was a little bit distraught because to me, I mean, again, I like Valo a lot, probably more than a lot of people did as a prospect. But I thought he, at least from my eyes, is on a different tier than Mac Jones. So when I first heard this, I immediately thought, wow, man, if, if they're even saying Mac Jones is anywhere close to what Tua is, you know, I was a little had a little bit of, a, you know, reservation there. But, I, again, I think this was more of him just building up a guy who needs to get drafted. And I think they're probably all sitting there behind the scenes laughing their ass off about it because uh, I don't think in any way did Devontae Smith think when he was asked that question it was going to turn in this huge thing that it has become. So uh, Should I'm it be not, a huge thing, you think? I, I, I don't think it should. I, I mean, if he truly thinks that Mac Jones is the better quarterback, I mean, that to me as a Dolphins fan is a guy who truly propped up Tua to Tungvaloa and still believes him to be a elite quarterback. If I hear that and you're telling me Mac Jones, I mean, that either to me means Mac Jones is a hell of a lot better than I or and many other people believe, or Tua isn't quite the quarterback that we think. And, you know, in, in either of those instances, um, I got to take a, take a step back because that, that's – that's pretty big to to take in. And,
1: and it's so fun to be a fan of football because there are two seasons, right? There's the regular season. There's off season. And to be a fan in both are, are completely different, right? Uh, Everything is wild right now because this time last year, Everybody wanted to say that, you know, Tua was the next Drew Brees. And if he comes back from the injury, he's going to be the best prospect of all time. And, and all this, all this other jazz. And here we are a year later and he's swept under the rug for, you know, the Mac Joneses of the world. Right. I just think that the roller coaster ride that is, is draft season it is so wacky. And the fact that everybody, I mean, we're part of it too, right? We want to get our spin. We want to hear other people's spin. And that just kind of circulates all this draft talk. And Josh, you're typing it into our Google Doc right now, and I was just about to bring it up. I mean, this wasn't the only uh, wide receiver who's about to enter the draft that was made a little bit of news in terms of the Miami Dolphins this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say it was a blockbuster, but our good pals over at Pro Football Network released this little nugget. And I mean, I, I don't know, Jake. I mean, it's, it's pretty big news. And here it was from Tony Pauline's mailbag. It was posted earlier today. On ProFootballNetwork.com, check them out. They have an awesome mock draft simulator. The question was, any NFL rumors that the Dolphins could really draft Panai Swell at three, despite taking two offensive tackles in the top 40 last year? Tony Pauline responded with, not if Jamar Chase is available to them. So, I mean, that's pretty big news because, you know, a lot of people sit here and they connect the dots with Tua and Devontae Smith. You mentioned it, Devontae Smith coming off this huge, you know, record-setting season. But Jamar Chase, you know, he he was that guy last year, and a lot of people forget about him because he did opt out. But to hear this, you know, not if Jamar Chase is available. I mean, to pass on a generational, you know, I'm using those quotations. If you're passing on a player like Swell for anyone, I mean, you got to make sure that he is that guy. And to hear that they think Jamar Chase is that guy and to think that, you know, they have him as a top three player. I mean, let's be honest, Jake. The only way they would not get Jamar Chase if this is true is if a team trades up to two or if, you know, the New York Jets decide to take him <laughs> or if, of course, you know, or if, of course, this is all smoke and mirrors. So, that um, that
1: you know. laugh I just did there would be Chris Greer if, if the Jets took Jamar Chase at two. Because Greer would he he'd, he'd blow up another franchise. He'd do to the Houston Texans what they'd be doing to another team because a team would come up for the quarterback. And then the Dolphins would be stockpiled with draft picks. I thought this was such a cool nugget because this shows the one thing that the Miami Dolphins have been elite at since Brian Flores has took over. And that is making sure nobody has any idea what the hell they're going to do. Josh, I thought this was an interesting right turn, and it brings up the idea of coaching at the Senior Bowl. Maybe it wasn't, you know, or excuse me, maybe it was that one last chance for Smith to prove he, he belongs at three. Maybe it was the one last chance Najee Harris needed to be taken at number 18. We should break down the things we say now and talk about him at the draft because the amount of guys who could fall, I mean, Najee Harris, I mean, Josh, people have mocked him into the second round. People are mocking Devontae Smith into the teens. And now I'm not trying to bash either of these guys, but it's just kind of interesting to see how all this turns out. But, I mean, the fact that uh, another name is brought to the mix, I mean, I'm on board for either. I know Jamar Chase was getting a lot of love on Dolphins Twitter the other day. This dude looks like a legitimate freak who can dominate on a football field starting on day one. And you know what? Sign me up. We're at the point where having a top three pick, and whether they trade down to top five, whether they trade down to top seven, they're going to have a stud available, and they just need to pick it. And they need to make sure that we're not looking back at the draft for years and saying, how on earth did we take Deion Jordan when there were three guys right after who would have been fantastic? Again, we could get into the how the Deion Jordan trade, the value was there, and it was actually a steal moving up to number three with the Oakland Raiders at the time. But, I mean, here we are. I, I, I'm on board with Chase. Josh, uh, you're more of a college guy than I am. What have you really seen out of Chase that you like, and what would make him successful in Miami's offense?
0: I mean, to me, the biggest thing is, is the size. And I think you can see the memes going around and it's kind of funny and it makes you laugh, but you look at what Devonte Smith's legs look like compared to what Jamar Chase's legs look like. And it looks like Jamar Chase's legs, maybe eight, both of Devonte Smith. So, I mean, the size is definitely there and he could play inside and out. I mean, he can do a little bit of those things that, you know, maybe Devonte Smith can't do. And, you know, as crazy as that sounds, I mean, Devonte Smith looked like he can do a little bit of everything. So the Dolphins really have uh, a choice on their hands and that's not even throwing Jalen Waddle into the. Mix, But, um, Jake, I think it was interesting. Someone commented, you know, whatever the Dolphins decide, whether it's Devontae Smith, whether it's Jamar Chase, whether it's Jalen Waddle, whether it's a trade down, whatever they decide on will ultimately be the wrong decision. And I think as <laughs> Dolphin fans, you know, we kind of got to just accept that because uh, it always just seems like the Dolphins, you know, they're in these great situations. They put themselves in these awesome situations. But now they got to get the right receiver because it would suck to sit out, sit there, and get you know maybe a Jamar Chase and see Devontae Smith be that guy, see Jalen Waddle be that guy, see Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore, and then see Jamar Chase, you know, be the fifth or sixth wide receiver out of this class. I mean, they'd it, be so Miami Dolphins. But you're right, and it goes back to the whole free agency thing. I mean, I'm sitting here, I have a list here: Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Sewell, trade down, Najee Harris, Mika Parsons, Creed Humphrey, Zaven Collins, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Rashad Bateman. I mean, I can go on here and list the players that i would be happy or you know not upset if the dolphins drafted and there's just a huge list i mean that's the point they have all these draft picks they set themselves up and there's only so many situations that should truly have dolphin fans pissed and you know again as dolphin fans i mean is that not going to be the scenario that we see come april
1: okay so so josh i'm gonna put on my med scientist hat for a minute and and we're gonna jump into the twilight zone uh the miami dolphins averaged 25.2 points a game in 2020 up From 19 points per game in 2019, even though people said the offense was better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, cough, cough. But that's not what I'm trying to get at. Uh, What I'm trying to get at is, here we go. We're jumping in. The Dolphins sign Aaron Jones. The Dolphins take Jamar Chase at number three. Devontae Smith falls to like 10 and 11, or 11. The Dolphins move up and take him two. What are you doing? How many points is that team scoring? (laughs)
0: I <laughs> uh, hope more than we saw last year, with <laughs> Chan Gailey, right? I mean, I didn't know what you, what kind of answer you want to hear from me cuz I was going to say some dirty things. Cause I, I would be over the moon excited. I, th- I mean, to your point, I mean, that's what the dolphins have to do. I mean, could
1: it not be, that seems legitimately in yeah. the realm of possibilities at this point.
0: It sure does. Or Jalen Waddle. I mean, you could sit there and, and enter player X, but the dolphins have the ammunition to be aggressive. And you know, we see them trading back years past. I mean, why can't they move up and be aggressive? Why can't they get a uh, Jamar chase and Devante Smith? I mean, let's go supersonic on this thing and just, you know, to the moon.
1: To the moon is right. And and I don't know what made me think of that, but I just thought that was such a interesting turn that the dolphins could take. Because I mean, we said it all along that the dolphins, they they don't need just one receiver, right? You don't just sign Allen Robinson and wipe your hands clean and it's over. I mean, People have been at uh, Devontae Parker was on the hit list this week. For some reason, people were talking down about him, but I mean, I think this guy is great in the offense, but not only is there times in the game of football, people suffer from injuries, but you want four guys out there who can make a play at all times. And so now you're telling me, Mike Kosicki, Aaron Jones, Jamar chase, Devonta Smith, and Devante Parker on the field at the same line, ain't scoring 30 points a game. You got another thing coming.
0: You got another thing coming as right. And Jake, I mean, we're in the twilight zone. So I, I think we should skip a little bit here and give the people what they want. I mean, I know everyone loves to hear us talk about the Sean Watson, the Miami Dolphins, but uh, what was it? Two, three days ago. I mean, a report came out that the Dolphins, Uh, you know, a source spoke to a source with direct knowledge or someone close to the team or whatever it was. But it sounds like the Dolphins, you know, if and when Deshaun Watson becomes available, they are going to at least, you know, test the waters and and tread and see what he might cost. So Jake, tell me what you're thinking, because we know the Carolina Panthers are emerging. They're making room. If the Dolphins want him, I mean, they have the chance. And it does sound like Deshaun Watson has interest with the Dolphins.
2: gone oh no come back jake come back come here he gone oh
1: shit my mic was muted and i was just talking through that whole thing <laughs> damn it leave it leave that in leave that in so we've we've been hearing things uh, along lines of people saying you know uh Deshaun Watson is a locker room cancer, and here he is on the same day. I'll read a story from the Houston Chronicle about how he fed 10,000 people as people are struggling with, with the snow down there. And their power is going out. And then, you know, you see other people leaving Houston. You see J.J. Watt asking for release. You see high-up members of this organization resigning. We see the fact that Chris Greer literally terminated this franchise from existence. They need to go back to the Oilers. They need to rebrand. They need to put a, a mustache on the logo. Or they need to say Houston Texans now with no fat. Something to make that organization stops stinking and the fact that that stench has has boiled over to sean watson and, and people talking down about this guy is mind-boggling to me because he has never done anything but, but said the right things done the right things and he will continue to do that um uh, josh i do want to bring up the peter king proposal for the miami yes, dolphins to trade yes. for the sean watson because this is the most garbage thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> Miami trades defensive end Christian Wilkins, quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, first-round picks in 2021, third overall, and 2023, and second-round picks in 2021 and 2022 for Watson. I did kind of that gif where it's the the lady, she's like thinking, and then she goes, no, and then she's like, maybe, no, no, well, no. The second I saw the one first-round pick in 2021, my eyebrow raised. I'm like, all right. What does he know that we don't? Why, how Why? is it going to be this easy? And then when he said 2023, that's when I kind of smashed the panic button, because that that's too far down the road for me. If it was 2022, my brain would have been like, alright, yeah, that's fine. We'll worry about that next year, especially if the Dolphins can trade down. And having a pick this year is pretty thrilling. But then you look at those two second-round picks, too, and it's really frustrating for the fact that the Dolphins have a very high second-round pick in 2021. Shout out Houston Texans. To give up Wilkins, to give up Tua, who was a top five pick, Wilkins was a top thirteen pick, and then in theory three other high picks, if not four. Josh, no, that ain't it, Chief. I, I'm still on board if it's like two. If you want to do two first this year, uh, first next year, Tua, and throw in a third or something, I'm in. But but once you start adding more players, I that's a no for me, dog.
0: Wow, I mean, I, I'm I'm. I'm not sure what to say here because I'm looking at this and I think that if there was ever a trade that you would, you know, at least persuade me or you know, I think you're right. This is that girl drinking the soda or the Pepsi or whatever the hell it is, and her face is like, okay, maybe, nah, yes. To me, though, I'm, I mean, as soon as you were finished talking, I was like, come. I was getting ready to come on here and just say, it, send it in because I mean, <laughs> I think that to me, the biggest thing is, you know, if you're sitting here, I love Tua I mean, I'm a huge, I mean, I can't say enough how big of a fan I am of Tua but you're looking here. And I mean, if you have to give up a Christian Wilkins, I mean, I like Christian Wilkins, but it is what it is. The the first round pick in 2021 and 2023. I mean, to me that 2023, if you're getting to Sean Watson, you better hope that thing, you know, is a, what a bottom right. six pick maybe. Good so point. you're looking at more like a second round pick. So I'm looking at a uh, first and maybe three seconds plus. Christian Wilkins and to Tagovailoa. you know, in theory, obviously it's not three seconds, but I'll say that first will end up being a second to me. I mean, this is maybe the closest thing to a realistic deal that we would get. And I, to, honestly, I don't think Houston would do this. I don't think Houston would take this trade, but um, you know, I'm going to have a lot of people pissed off because uh, I'm, I'm going to say it. it. I was asked, I went on a podcast with Antoine Staley, shout out to him. And he asked me, you know, what could this team do to, to take the next step? And I think, you know, besides bringing all those offensive playmakers, like we said, you make this trade right here. I mean, that would give the Dolphins the best chance to win a Super Bowl immediately. So, f- send it in.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, what's what's interesting about this trade, though, is the fact that the Dolphins have first and second round picks this year. Will they make this trade and, and they still have that 18 available? Uh, they, they still have one of their seconds available this year. Maybe you could work it so you get that. I, I get it. And, and, you know, this might be me finding my line. But I guess I'd rather have the picks come sooner rather than later because anything can happen in two years in the NFL, right? That's just the type of league we love. It's the fact that we cannot predict what's going to happen. We cannot predict the fact that Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith are both going to be Miami Dolphins come next month. All we can try to do is speak it into existence. So I don't like mortgaging that far down the road. Next year is a little more understandable. Next year I could see a top six pick or uh, bottom six in the first round, being what the Dolphins uh, lock up and load. Again, if you have Watson, a top five quarterback floor is a top five coach. I mean, that's, that's the best foundation you can truly ask for. Uh, but, then you lose, losing depth in the middle uh, of your offense and
0: or defensive. Your salary me. cap screwed too on top of it, right? You just killed you'd, your salary cap as well.
1: You'd have to find some sort of situation here where you can move another player who has some sort of money attached to him, uh, because uh, Watson's deal starts blowing up next year, and that's when you need to start getting those rookie guys in, right? That's how you balance out your roster, uh, especially when you're paying Aaron Jones and you draft. Devonta Smith, and Jamar Chase in the first round. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry I'm done with that. But yeah, it's interesting to see these concepts kind of come up. I suggest looking at Peter King's story here about uh, Watson and the deals because each and every deal he provides here, all of them involved players. And I don't think for the first, what, month of these rumors, there were no players involved in any of the Watson deals except for Xavier Howard, which was kind of one of the most ridiculous things I've read.
0: It really is. But, I mean, uh, I think the only way you make this trade is if you have any doubt or you truly don't believe that Tua Tanvalo is that guy. And I think, you know, myself, you, and Dolphin fans, I mean, you have to feel confident and happy with what he did in year one. And, again, you're talking about it. We're going to build a a freaking arsenal around him. He's going to go out there. And, you know, be that spectacular player that we thought he would. You mentioned Xavier Howard a few days ago. He was being investigated for a criminal case. It actually came out that that was not the case. According to Pro Football Talk, Xavier Howard's lawyer, Darren Heitner, says the criminal case regarding the shooting at NFL agent Demarius Bilbo's house has been closed by Dunwoody, Georgia police. So, again, a couple days ago, we thought Xavier Howard, you know, was a little bit in trouble with the law. Turns out nothing there. Xavier Howard is not a suspect, and we can all go back home with our life.
1: It seems like there's been a couple times where Xavier Howard's kind of been uh, tiptoeing around some messes here, where, where he's kind of had had no issues, but but there's he's been linked to a couple things. So I'm glad there's no issues with him there. And then that just kind of still brings up the the offseason is going to include a lot of Xavier Howard. There are a lot of people who think he's going to ask for a raise from the Miami Dolphins, not being the highest paid cornerback on the team. And Josh, I gotta admit, I agree with them. You know, as uh, Anybody should be trying to get paid the most they can in any profession, and nobody should talk down to someone else about their money, right? So what I see Xavier and I were doing here and looking at, I mean, I don't want to say I started this bandwagon, and I'm not trying to bash him in any any you know sense of the word, but there was not one game where I sat there last year and I thought to myself, man, I'm very happy we have Byron Jones on our team. I'm not sitting here and saying he's bad, but this dude signed a five-year contract making the fifth-highest-paid quarterback in football, and last year, he allowed 10.6 yards per target and 17.6 point, 17.6 yards per completion, both worse among starting quarterbacks in 2020. His two interceptions are also misleading because they were both tip passes. Again, I'm not going to discount and say he didn't have any and they weren't worthy, but Byron Jones last year left so much to be desired. The only reason Ryan Fitzpatrick made that throw at the end of the game against the Raiders is because Byron Jones gave up, you know, literally by himself, almost 12 points, right? There was the pass interference uh, against Nelson Agholor when there was two minutes left in the game. And then just a minute before that, he got beat on like an 80-yard touchdown on first and 20 against Oakland so I like the Byron Jones signing I don't want him off the team I think he's a very good cornerback and I think too when you have Xavier Howard I mean defenses are going to get beat offenses are going to get yards I certainly understand that that's the way the NFL works but Xavier Howard's situation where he was going to want a bigger contract especially when you look at Byron Jones's contract and what he did last year I mean I don't think you can blame him in the slightest
0: No, and it's inevitable. I mean, let's be honest, is Xavier Howard probably the best player on the team, right? I mean, this is probably the most talented player the Dolphins have. So to think that he's sitting here not even getting top money on the team at that position. I mean, you had to think there was a little bit of, you know, you don't want to say animosity because no one truly knows. But I mean, you're Xavier Howard, you're sitting there, you're that number one corner and they just go out there and pay a guy in free agency last year. When you thought the cornerback position, well, you know, it was it wasn't. In shambles, and a the guy in the first. Yeah, and you draft, and, that, and that's the biggest thing to me. I mean, do you think the Dolphins, when they first brought in Byron Jones, when they signed, or when they drafted Noah Benogni I mean, to me, that just led to you know they're going to try to do things and have a little bit of wiggle room with Xavier Howard when that new contract comes. But with the way Noeg Vinagre looked, with how great Xavier Howard played. I don't think you can get rid of him unless you're trading him for a king's ransom. But, uh, yeah, I don't fault him one bit because, again, when you look across the other side of the field, Byron Jones is making significantly more, and he he did not play that way. And I I was a huge fan of that signing. I thought Byron Jones – was one of the best, you know, cover corners in football. And I'm not going to sit here and say he isn't based on that one year, you know, based on an offseason where if we can sit here and use excuses, you know, for some of these rookie players not being able to get acclimated to a system. I mean, who knows what that did to Byron Jones, going from a, a system in Dallas to what they had here in Miami. But, uh, you know, when you're getting paid that money, to hell with excuses. We need to see more out of Byron Jones in year two, or, you know, maybe we're talking about him being cut next season. So uh, no shame at all for Xavier Howard wanting that big contract. And after the year he had, after those 10 touchdowns, pay the man. Ten touchdowns, 10, ten, ten interceptions. <laughs> yeah, he, had ten, he he would have had ten touchdowns if they played him a wide receiver. Like I said, that's what I was thinking. I,
1: you're you're honestly probably right, and you know I literally chopped off the head of this whole thing. Um, this conversation really comes from. Uh, Was Byron Jones the most disappointing cornerback in football? Football outsiders listed him as yes. He was the most disappointing. And it is important to keep in mind that most disappointing does not mean the worst, right? He was targeted only 73 times. Offenses knew not to throw at him, except when they did, you know, at the end of the year. Derek Carr rolling out, desperately looking for Nelson Aguilar for him to do it. That uh, Cardinals game we brought up a couple times, he was roasted there. But, Like I said, I I think he is a big part of this team and and I think Xavier Howard is too. I think cornerback is a position they just value a whole hell of a lot in Miami. And it seemed to work out with how well the defense played last year. Uh, a lot of these issues, whether it's Byron Jones not playing up to par or or Xavier Howard sitting out or, or wanting a new contract or want to be traded can all be fixed in one simple way, and that's if Noah Igbenogany has a bounce-back second season. Um, and there's, I've seen nothing that will tell me otherwise that he, that he won't. I, I have confidence in, in how he can develop. Being the youngest guy in football last year, that, that's a little feather in your cap. Um, Josh, one question here before you wrap, we wrap it up here on Finsider Radio, uh, the Jake and Josh Show. I want to ask you, um, is, is slot cornerback a need for the Miami Dolphins?
0: I think so. I mean, I think it has to be something that they look at. I mean, we liked what Nick Needham did last year, right? But I believe he is a – is a restrictive free agent this year? Yeah. Unrestricted? I, I'm not sure what the term is. I think is, restricted. But yeah, it's, it's one of those. But I think they have to find someone to play that spot. And again, I liked what Nick Needham did, but um, I think they could definitely upgrade that position as they can a bunch of positions in that secondary.
1: Nick Needham was definitely the highs of the high and lows of the low because there there have been times throughout his two-year career where you see him and you think a, a stud cornerback and then there are other times where he, he kind of gets lost out there so again I, I think he'd be a good guy to bring back I think he can play a little bit of slot and boundary obviously I think they want to keep them inside inside the hash marks there uh but I still think it'd be uh very interesting to see what the Dolphins do at the slot cornerback position because uh you look at linebacker there's a need there there's a need at edge rusher and I, I'm interested to see how the Dolphins prioritize things and I think it's going to come I don't know how quickly it's going to happen in free agency but before the draft we're going to have a really um, clear picture of of where the Dolphins think their strengths are and I think that's actually a really interesting part of the offseason is that time between the draft and uh, free agency where the teams are putting uh, themselves together and It's tough because you can't go, you know, the first two months of free agency and not sign, you know, let's say an edge rusher because you think someone will be there in the draft because that's just not how things work out. Guys get picked at different times. People move up boards. People move down boards. So this is a really interesting time we're about to jump into. But, Josh, that's really all I have tonight. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed recording this show with you. If you want more of Insider Radio, smash that subscribe button to know as soon as a new episode drops. Uh, if you're liking what you listen to, please leave us a review. That stuff helps us out a lot. We read all of them. Uh, we react to a couple of them, too. And, hey, Josh on Twitter is one of the best. Uh, he's going to have a million followers in no time. He'll be TikTok famous. Follow him on Twitter at house. Uh, I, when I'm not tweeting about high school athletics that I'm covering, am kind of ranting about the Dolphins. I can be found at gym at 094. Uh, Josh, hit me with any other uh, thoughts you have before we wrap things up here.
0: I got nothing, man. I Stick with us, though. You're right. Very exciting times as we head into free agency, as we head into the draft. Stick around with us because we will cover it all. For the Jake and Josh show, I'm Josh Houts. That is the greatest co-host in the world, Jake Mendel. As always, guys, Fin's up, and we'll talk to you next time. Fin's up.
2: We're the a-